Up. Good job. He sure is worthy. In your Bibles, Philippians 3, if you need an outline this morning, you didn't get a bulletin, would you uh, lift up your hand? Brother Sam, if you mind, there's a stack right there. Uh, lift up your hand real high if you need an outline. He'll be coming by, and when you see him, get his attention. And uh, Philippians chapter number 3. I asked Brother Weaver to uh, make extra uh, mention of the things on the table because I really do think uh, that everything back there would be a huge help to you. He normally doesn't go through everything on the table, but I asked him, please do. Uh, I have just about everything back there, and we're not going to, oh, I meant to mention this. We're not going to pass the offering plate for our regular offering today. Just we thought maybe to, to mitigate germs, it's a very good idea. So we're going to have the plate standing by the door like we did when we first opened back up after we were closed because of COVID. So we'll just have the offering at the end in case you were thinking we forgot the offering, okay? But, but if you wanted to give them a love offering, here's the strategy, okay? If you wanted to give them a love offering, here's what you do. Go buy stuff at the table, okay? Because I want you to have these devotionals, those books, they, they'll really, really help you in your Christian life. They really will. I recommend everything they have back there. What are your goals? 2021, a brand new year. Uh, as we head into a new year, many people are thinking about what they can do uh, differently, change about them as they go into the new year with New Year's resolutions. So this is just straw poll. Who in here has made some kind of New Year's resolution? I'm just curious. All right, this goes right along with statistics. Barely anybody. That's interesting. In a 2018 report from YouGov.com, only 6% of people said they had stuck to their resolution completely though 14% said they had mostly stuck with their resolution. 63% said they didn't even make a resolution in the first place. So we're beating the odds already in here. The group that was least likely to make a resolution was 55 and older. Uh, a December 2019 polling report from the American Enterprise Institute I found said the top five New Year's resolutions, you could probably guess them. Number one was financial, save money, so forth. Number two was eat healthier, Actually, number two, three, and four are kind of similar. Number two is eat healthier. Number three is work out. Number four is lose weight. I feel like it's the same thing. But, uh, and, then, and then finally, mental wellness. Uh, I don't know. And then uh, 62% said they didn't have any resolutions at all. Only 36% said they had made a resolution the previous year. Of those, listen to this, of those 36%, when asked if they had kept their resolutions, only 44% of those said they had completed or were still working it. This was taken in June. And finally, 80% agreed that most people who do make a resolution don't stick with their goals as stated in the New Year's resolutions. So basically what we're saying is New Year's resolutions don't work, so you should forget about it. You're fine like you are. No, but regardless if you believe in New Year's resolutions or, or not, if you uh, uh, make New Year's resolutions, I hope that you do have goals. I hope there's something that you're looking ahead towards. You probably have some kind of goals in your career, maybe in your family, uh, maybe in your spiritual walk. And most importantly this morning, I'm going to look at your spiritual walk. Did you know the most important thing about you is your walk with God? It is. That's the most important thing about you is your relationship with God. First of all, you've got to be saved. Brother Weaver mentioned a moment ago, uh, Brother Sam mentioned as well in his prayer, if somebody is not saved here this morning, you don't know for sure if you died, you'd go to heaven. If you died today, you'd go to heaven. You can know that today. That's the most important. Nothing you do matters until you get that right. You got to get that right this morning. You got to accept Christ. But then after that, your relationship with God, your walk with God is the number one most important thing about you. You know what affects everything else in your life? It does. Brother Weaver, when I don't read my Bible for a day, I really 
uh, am affected by it, right? Uh, I'm not treating people the same way that I would have if I had been walking with God. It affects everything. It's the most important thing about you. Go to Philippians chapter number three. Paul's heartbeat, his mission, his innermost desire was to know Christ. If you don't have any other goals for 2021, I hope you'd have this one, that is to know Jesus Christ more than you did in 2020. Look at Philippians 3 verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I'd already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Lord, I pray you'd help me as I preach. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, in Paul's pursuit of his goal of knowing Christ, there are three actions that he took that we can take as well. Number one in your notes, surrender. And listen fast this morning, okay? I want you to get every single one of these points. This will really help you. Surrender. Surrender. In verse number 11, it says that I may know him if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead by any means. You know, God's will for you and me is to become more and more like Jesus. That's called sanctification. Okay, y'all with me? Sanctif Anybody warm in here? I see some fans. Oh, a lot of people. This side of the room. Okay, you're all clustered together. Me fan each other. If you can make a little cool, I know you already did, Dawson. I felt it. Um, if you can make it a little cooler still, if you don't mind, Dawson, it's warm in here. Uh, number one, surrender. What does that mean? What does that mean? Now listen, it means that whatever God has for me, in order to make me more like Jesus, I'm going to surrender to that process. I'll put a lot of verses in there to illustrate that. But if you look at verse number uh, 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. What is that? Well, that's from Galatians 1.4, what we just looked at on Wednesday night. Jesus Christ came that he might free us from this present world. How can we be free from the chains of sin today? That's the power of his resurrection. Listen, I'll say it again. If you're a child of God, there is no reason why you should be bound by sin any longer because he's broken those chains. Can I get an amen right there? Hey, amen, amen, the power of his resurrection. What's that next little phrase in, in verse number 10? And the fellowship of his sufferings. The power of his resurrection gets me close to God, helps me understand God. But then the fellowship of his sufferings. You know, sometimes we can get very close to God in a way that we never could before by suffering. And during that suffering, it's never preferable. It's not. I have never wanted to suffer, okay? I don't know about you, but I've never wanted to be uncomfortable. And yet God will put us through things that are unpleasant, but to make us more like Christ and for us to get to know him better, to know, I wanna know Jesus. I wanna know him better today than I knew him yesterday. I wanna get closer to the Lord day by day, year by year. I would love for 2021 to be the year that our church gets closer to God than ever before. How would that happen? By you and I individually getting closer to God than we ever have before. And when we have the sufferings, the fellowship of his sufferings, we've got to press on through that, the fellowship of his suffering. In verse 11, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Paul's saying, whatever it takes, Lord, 
for me to identify with you, to be like you, to know you, I want to do that. If by any means. Now that's saying a lot, isn't it? It's like the old song, Lord, whatever it takes to draw closer to you, that's what I'll be willing to do. Y'all ever heard that song? For whatever it takes to draw closer to you, Lord, that's what I'll be willing to do. For whatever it takes to be more like you, that's what I'll be willing to do. The first thing you and I have to do in this new year every day to draw closer to the Lord and know him better is to surrender. By any means, Lord, whatever you have for me, that's what I'm going to do. I know every one of these college students had to surrender. They had to go hundreds to thousands, I think some of them miles away. And not everybody's got to go to the same place. Everybody goes different places. It's wherever God wants you to go, though. And it's a surrender. God might want you to not go anywhere. God might want you to do exactly what you're doing and do it for the best of your ability, all to the glory of God. God might want you to go to the Sudan and be a missionary. I don't know. I don't know. But what's the first step in finding out the will of God? Surrender. God, whatever, whatever, by any means, whatever, surrender. Number two, number two, you got to follow after. To know Christ better, follow after. Look at verse number 12. Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I'm apprehended of Christ Jesus. He's saying, I'm trying to be more like Jesus. I'm following Jesus. I'm not there. I'm not there, but I'm I, every day I'm following. So I'm not apprehended, but I follow after. If that I may apprehend that for which I'm also apprehended, meaning that Jesus Christ is doing a work in me. Philippians 1, 6, he's continuing to do a work in me every day. I'm maturing in Christ. I'm, I'm growing up spiritually, so to speak. We talked about in Sunday school, you're born, that's permanent, but then you grow in your Christian life to be more like Jesus. You're Child of God, you're saved, but you're growing to be more like Jesus, uh, and, but, but you're not quite there yet. You're not perfect. How many of you would say you're, you're perfect? You've arrived? No, no, nobody, right? Nobody. About the same that has a New Year's resolution. No, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, but it says, verse 13, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Man, what a verse for the new year. I'm not there, but here's what I can do today. Forget the things which are behind and reach forth to those things which are before. What were the things that he could have been forgetting? Well, one thing I know was his past successes. If you flip back a page, maybe look back earlier in the chapter, look at verse number four. Philippians 3, 4 is Paul still writing. By the way, you know where he wrote this from? Uh, jail, jail. So anyways, though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. So in other words, he's got more credentials, more to brag about than somebody else. If somebody could boast, he could boast more. Here's a few things. Circumcised the eighth day. Now this was a, a, a bragging by birth, his birthright. Of the stock of Israel, his parentage was good. Of the tribe of Benjamin, the most noble of the tribes. Uh, and Hebrew of the Hebrews. He was raised as, not only was he born, his parents were, he was raised as a Hebrew. He was raised right. As touching the law of Pharisee. He chose to be a Pharisee, which was the strictest sect of Judaism that there was. He went, he went all in. Concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. Everything that the law had prescribed to do, all the rituals, all the things you got to do day by day, he checked the, the box. Paul did everything. Now, you and I might not be impressed by, oh, you the tribe of Benjamin, whoop-de-doo. But back then, that culture, that was everything. 
That was what their culture valued. Today, we don't say, introduce like, this is Toby, son of whatever his dad was, son of Sam, whatever, uh, you know. It, but back then in the Bible days, this is so-and-so, son of so-and-so, son of so-and-so. It was very important where your family came from, who, what tribe you were from, and so forth. Today, it could be like saying, well, they went to the finest university and they got the best job and, and on and on, whatever you value. He said, but all of those things, look at verse number seven, but what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Everything, it's imagine if you could do this, if you could take a piece of paper, two columns, line down the middle. At the top, you put uh, accomplishments uh, or successes or dreams or hopes, goals, and you write down all this great stuff. Well, uh, financially secure. What do I want out of life? I want to have some money. I want to be successful. I want to have a good family that loves me. I want to love them. I want to have health and all of that. Whatever it is, down, you have unlimited paper, like an Excel spreadsheet. It just keeps going row after row after row. And then on the other side, you wrote Jesus. This side here, look at verse number eight. Yea, doubtless, I count all things but loss for the excellency of of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. And look at this next phrase. I didn't make this up. This is in the Bible. And do count them, but, you see that next word? What's that next word? Dung. You shouldn't talk dirty in church. Dung. I count them, but dung. You understand that is? That's manure. He said, when compared to Jesus Christ, everything else that I could accomplish in this life is just like manure. Worthless. Good for nothing. Stinky, <laughs> you know, nothing, nothing good, nothing good when compared to the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Paul said, I've got a lot to brag about, but when compared to Jesus, knowing Jesus, getting close to Jesus, you can have it all. You can have it all for me to get closer to the Lord. He forgot about forgetting about those things which are behind, forgot about his past successes. It didn't matter. He also forgot about this, his past failures. Now, Paul had a lot to boast in. He also had a lot to regret. In the verse I just read, in verse number six, concerning zeal persecuting the church. Everybody knew that Paul, in his zeal, had killed Christians. He breathed out slaughterings and threatenings against the church of God. That's like embarrassing. That's shameful. And I wonder if sometimes as he laid his head down on the floor of that prison cell, and he wondered about the people whose lives he permanently affected or the people who had passed away, those people's families. You know, the devil could have really played tricks on him, couldn't he? We play tricks on ourselves. We need the devil's help. We remember what we did and we bring it up again. But we've got to forget about those things which are behind. This is so important. This is so important. It's important in two ways. If you dwell on your successes, then you'll boast and you feel like you won't need God. If you dwell on your failures, you feel like you're not worthy and you won't feel worthy to follow God. So that's why you got to forget about those things which are behind. Forget about them. What can you change about yesterday? What can you change? What can you change about last year? What can you change about the, the, the sins of your youth or those years? Nothing. That's why we always emphasize they're under the blood. Jesus Christ paid for those sins. He died. Remember, remember last week? You're justified. You have peace with, with God. Therefore, you have a hope. You, ha you can have joy. Forgetting about those things which are behind. Now, today, I'm reaching forth to those things which are before. Forgetting about those things which are behind. Reaching forth to those things which are before. I'm not going to dwell on that. I'm not going to be boastful in that. I'm not also going to be discouraged by that. 
but I'm going to reach forward. That's great that you read your Bible through in 1985. What about this year? What are you, are you going to read the Bible this year? That's great that you used to serve God. What about today? It's, it's depressing to be around people that always talk about what they used to do. Now, that's great. That's great. And it's good to praise the Lord, uh, praise God for the blessings, his grace that he's given me. That's, well, that's a different thing, what I'm talking about. But talking about what you used, standing on that, like, I used to do this, or I used to do that. Like, well, that's great. Praise the Lord. What are you going to do today? Have you prayed today? Well, I, I remember I've repented of that thing so many times and now God's bringing it up again. Today, you can't change one single thing about yesterday. Today, reaching forth under those things which are before. He followed after. Most Bible characters, Oswald Sanders said, it's in your notes, met with failures and survived. Even when the failure was immense, those that found leadership again refused to lie in the dust and bemoan their tragedy. In fact, their failure led to a greater conception of God's grace. They came to know the God of the second chance and sometimes the third and fourth. I might be talking to somebody who doesn't think that they're good enough to get saved. You don't think that you're good enough for God to accept. And you're right, (laughs) but he doesn't accept us based on us at all. The only thing, if you actually keep reading in Philippians 3, verse 9, and be found in him not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. You're right with God. You can be right with God only by faith. The two are saying, by the blood of Christ, only by the blood of Christ. You know what he requires of you in order for you to be saved? Simply faith. Simply letting go and trusting Christ. Say, God, I know I'm a sinner. I got nothing to offer. Please forgive me. I'm trusting you to save me. That's it. And that's it. I was talking in Sunday school. It's funny that the miracle of a moment of salvation, we spend a lifetime unwrapping on all what happens at that moment of salvation and the benefits of salvation. But anyways, number two, uh, they followed after. You've got to follow after in order to know Christ. And finally, number three, press on. Press on. Press on. Press on. Through the hard times, press on. When you experience victory through the power of his resurrection, press on. Keep on. Every day, you get up, you don't feel like reading your Bible, you read your Bible. How many of you, I won't ask you, have fallen behind on your Bible reading schedule already? It's day three, that's okay. Press on, skip a day, catch up later. Press on, you keep going, you keep going. That's how you know Christ. Um, Brother Mark Rasmussen, who's uh, your sister's husband, so brother-in-law here, uh, I don't know if he said it originally, um, but uh, I remember him saying it all the time. He's the vice president at the college. He said, the Christian life is not measured in years, it's measured in, do you guys know? Have you heard? Decades, yeah, sure, you heard, (laughs) okay. All right, take notes, guys, come on. No, I'm just kidding. But the Christian life is not measured in years, it's measured in decades. Not just, what did I do this year, or what did I do for the Lord today, this week? It's measured in decades. And you don't always look, maybe at the moment, the fruit is not showing up, you're not seeing the results that you like, but press on anyways, press on, don't quit, keep getting up, keep coming to church, keep coming to Sunday school, keep coming to church, keep praying, keep responding to the message, keep witnessing to your friend, keep praying, 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 press on, press on. Look at verse number, uh, chapter three, and we're almost done, verse 14. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Do you know why those New Year's resolutions don't work? It's because when you're not looking at the goal, it's very easy to fall away. The goal might be to lose weight or something and or drop 10 pounds. And you can imagine yourself skinny, but it's much harder to visualize skinny self than to 
visualize the chicken wings right in front of me right now. Like, man, that's good. Somebody said uh, uh, nothing tastes as good as being skinny feels, but that person didn't try Kara's banana bread, okay? All right? It, no, nothing, nothing feels as good as that tastes. It's, it's worth it, right? Some things are worth it, but you know, you, you sacrifice uh, uh, what's out here for what's right here in front of you. Man, I, and it's a silly illustration, but when we stop looking towards the finish line, Jesus Christ, when we take our eyes off the Lord Jesus Christ, then a lot of things get discouraging. We want to quit about a lot of stuff. It's hard to press on when we take our eyes off the mark or the finish line, which is the Lord Jesus Christ, being like Jesus, knowing Jesus. I like to run, I've mentioned before, obstacle races, the Spartan races and Tough Mudders and all that. And uh, I have a, a really big one scheduled in June, which is like a double marathon it's going to be. And, and every time I, I'm, I'm running one of these, there's some point, sometimes several points, at which I wonder why. Why am I doing this? Why have I spent the money? And I think, you know, and I, it's usually when the first time is when I'm crawling under barbed wire in the mud filled with rocks and I'm cutting up my knees and I'm like, I'm a grown-up. I, I didn't join the Marines. I don't have to do this. And, and am I getting too old? And it's a little bit harder to get over the walls. And, uh, and I'm carrying a five-gallon bucket full of gravel up a mountain. And, uh, uh, but when I'm scheduling it, it's like, hey, no amount of, of distance is too high. I can do anything. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. I think I can do anything. I'm invincible when I'm scheduling it. But during the race, it's hard. It gets hard, and you want to quit, and you wonder what you're doing. But whenever I'm running, or usually walking by this point, and I get close to the end, and I see this billows of smoke above the pasture, above the tree line, to get to the finish line of these things, you've got to jump across fire. You know, whatever. You have to jump across fire. And I see the smoke, and I realize I'm close to the finish line. And you hear the music and the hype as you get a little closer. And then when you can see it, it's like all of your fatigue melts away. And it doesn't matter that you have dried, caked on mud from head to toe, that you're miserable, that you're hungry. None of that matters. You don't even know anymore. All you are looking at is what? The finish line. When you can see the goal, you can press on. When you keep your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ, you can press on. I don't know what this year holds, but I hope you have some goals. I hope your number one goal is to know Christ. This morning, if you're not a Christian, meaning you don't know for sure if you die today, you'd go to heaven, you can know that today. Today, you can know for sure before you leave this room. The Bible calls it in several places a free gift. All you have to do is by faith accept that free gift and God will save you in that moment. And if you are saved, you know what God wants out of you more than anything? Not your performance, he wants your relationship. He wants you to get close to him in 2021, and to know him better. Can I have every head bowed and every eye closed for just a moment? Brother Sam, if you can make your way to the piano. I mentioned a moment ago that if you don't know for sure you're saved, you're going to heaven, you can know today. I'd like to ask you this first. How many of you would say, Jonathan, I know for sure, I do know, if I die today, I do know that I would go to heaven. Would you raise your hand? I know for sure if I died today, I'd go to heaven. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. How many of you say, Jonathan, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I die today, I would go to heaven, but I'd like to know, would you raise your hand? I'll pray for you. I'm not sure if I died today, I'd go to heaven. Christian, what about you? Are you complacent in your relationship with Christ? 
You think about this, if you had a boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, and you never talked to them, they wrote you a letter, you never read it. What kind of relationship would that be? This year, forgetting those things which are behind, this year, let's reach forth in our relationship with the Lord, getting to know Him better. With heads bowed and eyes closed, would you stand please right where you are? We'll have a brief time of invitation. You can come forward if you like. You can do business with God in your seat, but don't let the message pass without responding to the message in your heart as the piano plays.